Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Kay Muse. And I'm Carrie the Mockne. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have a monthly episode we release exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And every Patreon gets an invitation to our exclusive Dramas with a Side of Kimchi Discord server. Say that five times fast. That's a lot. Anyway, our Discord server is a great place to chat with us about recent dramas and what we're watching. The link is in our show notes. So, disclaimer, COVID kind of sucks. And between the disease and the boosters, three of the five fangirls are out for the count this week. And we are originally going to record the second half of our end of year review. But because we don't want to like split that up and um, not have that come out back to back, we're going to push it back, well, a week from now. So it'll mm-hmm. release in a week from now. Um, so we had to come up with something for today. <laughs> and so we're going just totally right off the cusp because we weren't watching any of the same dramas. And it's kind of like that in-between stage where a whole bunch of new ones haven't started yet. And so here we are. And we're just going to talk about binging dramas because we both binge, but we binge in very different ways. So hopefully if you're listening to this, you will see that you're not alone and that your style of binging might be more common than you think. So binging, let's start. (laughs) All right. So let's kick this off with true confessions. And let's start with the longest binge, like how many days in a row, weeks in a row have you been to drama? I'm not sure if it'd be like just one drama, but back when I first started, I would watch 16, 17 hours a day. Like I was super addicted to watching dramas. Um, I remember the first drama I ever watched was Boys, uh, Boys Over Flowers. Mm. And I watched that off of Netflix and I want to say it's like, what, 19 episodes or something. But Mm. I went like, I must've went 19 straight hours watching like no sleep Holy! and maybe slept like two hours and then binge something else the next day. So I was a huge binge watcher back in the day, which is why I have like, I'm sure it's like in the four hundreds amount of dramas watched now after all these years. And so, yeah, I was a huge binger back when I started before I started having to podcast about it and simulcast. So, Mm -hmm. okay. I think my longest binge is two weeks and it was actually just recently. It was, I was binging my father's strained. However, I can't do 19 hours in a day. I've got teenagers. (laughs) I know you're you're a better person than me. I was kind (laughs) of like kids function for yourselves. Mama's got some watching to do. So like, I am talking, like, I don't even remember sleeping. It was a lot of drama watching. Wow. That is a lot. Well, you know what I noticed though, when I first got into dramas, I started with Goblin. Everybody knows that. And I watched Goblin eight times and not back to back to back to back, but I watched it eight times. And I found myself doing that with a lot of early dramas, just kind of, I think in a way I was just kind of acclimating myself to hearing the language, to understanding the culture, things like that, because I'm less likely less likely now to watch a drama that many times over see I'm not that deep (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I just don't watch dramas over because I literally just don't have time. Um, I'm a lot more well-rounded nowadays, my family would say. I definitely <laughs> uh, try not to do these massive binges. Now I might binge for like four or five hours if I'm really into something, mm -hmm. but I can't do the full 19 hours like I could when I was younger. That's like a young person's game and I am no longer <laughs> in it. <laughs> um, ah, the perks of being over 40. Well, and again, just with the fact that we do have the podcast and the blog and we have to keep up on current content. So it leaves a lot less time for binge watching um, and and uh, watching something I've already watched. So I know we've started doing that series on um, rewatching really older dramas Jen and I have. And that's been a lot of fun because then I've had an excuse to rewatch some stuff. Whereas like, I just don't make the time for it because there's other stuff that has to be prioritized. So thank goodness. K-Drama Land keeps us well supplied with shiny, fresh new dramas. That is true. That is true. Um, don't stop. But I have noticed that I haven't been able to get to everything that I want to watch in the last couple of years. And so it is nice that I do have some dramas that I can binge that were on my list that I just didn't get to. And so mm -hmm. at least there's stuff out there that I can binge because five years ago, I had literally watched everything. And so it was really hard to find stuff that I could binge. Yeah, that would be. I am grateful. Even if it's scattered across like what, seven different streaming platforms now, I'm still grateful that we have so many dramas. We do have a lot of dramas like, and it's like, there's so many dramas that you can't not have something to watch. <laughs> exactly. So I was actually, I was getting laughed at over on our discord because I was like, I'm down to like three dramas to watch. I don't know what to do with myself. And some of the patrons were like three. You could watch three and not get just totally lost. I'm like, well, it kind of took practice, but I keep <laughs> nine on balance. So. Back on my super addicted days, I would often do about 22, 23 dramas at a time. Wow. So, um, yeah, I definitely watched a lot of shows and mm -hmm. some were crappy and should have been dropped, but <laughs> I didn't drop things back then. So that, that was early days. You didn't know any better. Well, maybe five or six years in, but still, <laughs> <laughs> that's still early. But again, I'll, once I'll I had to, to prioritize for the podcast, I mean, my scheduling got a lot different. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think, yeah, doing the blog and the podcast, I do feel more pressure, I guess, or more responsibility to stay current with my dramas and to like watch them closer to the day that they air rather than just watching whenever I want. So what's your favorite binge watching environment? Um, do you want to answer that first? Or do you want me to go? No, you can go. We're all good. It's okay. just the two of us. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> this is going to be so loosey goosey. All right. So favorite binge watching environment, honestly, first thing in the morning, headphones in on my phone, because I have, my vision is like laughably terrible, like I'll, I'll go into the optometrist and we'll, you know, she'll put up the, the giant E that's like 2,400 and say, all right, do this one without your glasses. And then we'll both laugh because it's just a big black blur to me. And so watching on my phone, I can hold it as close to my face as I want. And I, I it's still a good experience for me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm all cozy in my bed, I'm all warm and I've just got my headphones in, so I'm not disturbing my husband and I'm just watching on my phone. That is my favorite binge watching environment. I just, 
it's nice to have a lazy morning and taking a couple episodes before I have to actually function. See, and I'm the absolute opposite of that. I, I don't, I'll watch on my phone. I don't like watching on my phone. I like to see it in like the big screen so I can notice all of the cinematography details and the director specifics. And there's a lot of things that I really like dissecting in a drama Mm -hmm. and I can't do it when it's on a teeny little screen. Um, I just don't like for me, if I have a choice, it's when the kids are all gone out of the house, the house is somewhat clean. So the mess doesn't disturb me and keeps distracting me from my show. And I like to just have silence and turn on a show and watch for five hours straight. So that's how I like to do it. I don't like people around me. I don't want to have any com- like conflicting sounds and mm-hmm. I want it big screen so I can see everything in detail. Gotcha. So Yeah. I would say my second favorite is like on the couch headphones in watching on my iPad, but I think it's the vision thing again for me because, well, and having it on my iPad too, it creates kind of an intimacy. Like I can shut out the world and it's just me and the drama. See, if I have a phone or an iPad in my hand, I have so many messaging apps and people messaging me and discussions going on that I cannot stay focused because Uh. there's other stuff going on. And so it is not what I use to watch. It's what I use to connect with others. Mm -hmm. And so for me, my brain doesn't connect well with that. And I keep getting distracted. So it, it's not, it is not a working situation for me. (laughs) So again, I need my big TV. And again, there's shows that I won't watch unless it's on the big TV because it's like, no, I want to see that fight scene and feel like I'm part of it and turn up the sound and just have it encompass my, my senses. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that if I'm like, have a sore arm from trying to hold my tablet or phone up gotcha. for so long. <laughs> and then I always like drop them on my face, like, cause I'm like kind of drifting off or whatever and then smack. So that's never fun. And then if anyone's around, they laugh at me. So yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I wear the headphones to keep people from laughing at me because my husband's like, they just yell at each other all the time. I'm like, they're just being expressive and you just don't pay attention when they're not yelling. But anyway, so. <laughs> my husband's always like, you always know when it's a Korean one because they have the screamiest kids. <laughs> and I'm all like, they do. However, <laughs> you know, it's like there's <laughs> always a baby crying somewhere. I'm all like, husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bless their hearts. They put up with our, our hobbies very, very well, but they are not in it with us. And that's okay. That is perfectly fine. Okay. So we know the environment. Now tell me what your favorite binge watching snacks are. I can't eat if I'm watching dramas because I have a guilty pleasure called Judge Judy. And <laughs> so if I'm eating, I want to be watching Judge Judy. It's like an extreme like OCD habit. That if I'm eating, I have to be watching a judge show while I eat and playing like Bejeweled Blitz or whatever. <laughs> so. Okay. If so so you like, don't snack while you binge. No, if I'm, if I'm snacking at all or eating, I'm watching Judge Judy. I'm not watching a Korean drama. I will pause the Korean drama, watch 15 minutes of Judge Judy while I eat and then start my Korean drama over again. 
Oh, that's fascinating. That is how I roll. I'm very OCD about that. For whatever reason, I just can't function that way. It, it's mm-hmm. it's a quirk. Yeah, we all have them, right? So I can't be the only person out there that watches Judge Judy compulsively with food. So if you're um, out there, let me know that I'm not alone. Yes, let us all know because I'm curious now. Uh, for me, it's... um. Cause like I've heard people who are like, oh, they were eating ramen and then I had to eat ramen and I'm not that way. I watching somebody else eat doesn't make me clearly. I have to already be hungry. But one of my favorite things to do since I work from home is I'll eat my own, eat lunch out on the couch just to get away from my computer. And so I'll, I'll queue up a drama and just eat my lunch and watch an episode. So I don't necessarily have favorite snacks that are tied to it. And I actually have to watch myself in the evenings. Cause if I'm if I'm watching a drama and like mindlessly eating chocolate or something, my sugar tolerance is really low, which means if I have too much sugar, I will fall asleep. Mm. It's it's we laugh because I don't drink alcohol. It's just a religious thing. And so I've never, ever had alcohol. And that's um, same with my husband. And so we're like, if we did drink alcohol, would I be one of those lightweights that just like had half a drink and would pass out and be calm for the night? And I don't know. So but I've we laugh about that. So anyway, so yeah, I, I get salty snacks at night so that I can stay awake and not fall asleep and miss a whole bunch of subtitles. And then I eat lunch while I'm I think if anything, I do like to drink water, like just a water bottle. Mm-hmm. So get your water in. That's always yeah. a good way to just drink something while you're watching. Yeah. So. And it keeps your throat lubricated for yelling at the TV. Yes. And I don't feel compulsively obsessed about watching judge Judy while I drink a glass of water. So we're good. <laughs> good. Cause that would make your life really complicated. I know it would be very complicated. <laughs> so proper binge watching tips and tricks. What are your tips and your tricks? Okay. So I think one of them, and we'll probably talk about this when we talk about best dramas to binge watch, but it's the right kind of drama to binge because there are some some dramas that if you try to binge them, they'll get too heavy. Or I've noticed this in other fangirls, they'll just they'll get too annoyed at the characters and they'll end up dro- dropping the drama. Whereas if they hadn't binged it, if they had watched it once a week, then they would have been fine. So I think you have to know yourself and know your habits well enough to know what kind of drama you can binge and binge well. And then the other thing is just to keep track because like Vicky and other services are not always reliable in like they're fairly reliable in the letting you know what episode you left off on, but not totally. And so I, I have, um, I have my drama list just on my, it's like my homepage on my browsing app on my iPad. And it's just habit at this point, once I'm done watching a drama or done watching dramas for the night, I'll go and update my episode count on my And then I'm done. Like that's, that's like, now I can put a button on the end of my drama watching for the day. It, it sounds compulsive and it probably is, but it's really, really helpful. And <laughs> I've lost my place. I can just go to my drama list and be like, oh, I'm not on episode 13 like Vicky thinks I am. I'm on episode 32. So, yeah, I'm not as OCD on that. Um, I do try to keep up on Vicky or on my drama list, especially if uh, it's a current airing drama. Mm-hmm. Not as much when I'm just binging something like if it's a, I'm binging an older drama and then I just, I'm like, I'm pretty easygoing with, okay, where I was, I, I was here. 
And I do the same with books. You know, I don't really have to, okay, here's the exact sentence I left off on. You know, I'm pretty good at speed getting to wherever I need to go. Um, but probably for most people, that's not the way that they work. So I agree that my drama list is really helpful in keeping track of that kind of thing. I know that some people keep journals like drama journals where they write down what they've watched, their thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, again, I'm just not that type of person, but I know it works for a lot of people. So that's kind of a cool idea. If that's your thing, I'm just really off the cusp when it comes to binging nowadays. Like it's never like, oh, well, I have this plan to binge this part of the month and I'm going to write it in. It's more like, know what? Screw it. Let's see what this is. And then just push <laughs> play and then go for it. As long as it clicks correctly, you know, I just go for it. Um, one example is I just barely started binging uh, my, or the second husband, mm -hmm. which is a daily drama. And so I want to say it's four or five episodes a week. However, they're 30 minutes. So it's very easy to like click next episode, click next episode. Oh, you yeah. know, you don't even notice, oh, I've gone through five hours of episodes <laughs> and now I'm on episode 12, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a very easy way to binge. Um, I like binging that way because then I can just kind of sink in again. I like watching it on my TV. I pretty much tell my kids, you know what? You're on your own. <laughs> you know, they're fully functioning adults, more or less. They can figure <laughs> it out. Yes. And so, uh, I, again, I don't do it all the time anymore. I'm possibly like once, maybe twice a month, if that, but that's how I enjoy binging is just finding something that speaks to you at that moment and pushing play. Mm -hmm. So, and, and not stressing about the episode count or stressing no. about keeping up, just enjoying the experience. Because I've never been one of those people that looks like, oh, this is 150 episodes. However, am I going to do this? It's like they're 30 minutes episodes. It ends up being what, like 60, 70 hours altogether. Mm -hmm. That's two seasons of an American show. I mean, yep. that's not unheard of. People binge that much on Netflix all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just they let the numbers sink in their head and they can't get past it. And I think that keeps a lot of people from binging a lot of shows that they'd really enjoy. So I don't know. I don't like putting numbers and qualifications and all that kind of stuff into my binging experience. And that makes sense because like there's, I know when I first started watching dramas, like I would look at the weekend dramas or even the daily dramas and be like, holy crap, how can somebody watch a hundred episodes of, of the same story? And, but this year I was like, okay, I'm going to challenge myself and, uh, be my dream family was a daily drama earlier this year. No, early last year, because it was 2021. Hey, it's a new year anyway. <laughs> and I was just like, and it was about, it was about two older adults coming together and blending their families. And I'm like, oh, well, that I relate to just a little bit because my mom and dad divorced when I was 19 and my dad got remarried when I was 21. And, you know, and there was a little bit of that. Granted, I was out of the house and grown and got married like a year later, but I, I get it. You know, I get the blending of the families. And I was like, okay, for a daily drama, if I'm going to four years into my drama experience, if I'm finally going to dip my toes in the water, this is it. 
and it helped to ignore the ignore the episode count like you said and they were half hour i mean it was just it was snack size i watched two of them at lunch while i ate my lunch that kind of thing and it was it ended up being a really enjoyable experience and so then launching from that into my first weekend drama which was my father is strange which i had heard a lot about when it came out because it came out in 2017 back when i first started watching dramas and everybody was just like ah you have to watch this and of course with e june who is amazing it was it was a compulsive watch for me. In fact, it kind of tipped me over into a binge hole, which we will also get to later. But it was just it was worthwhile because I got immersed in the experience. And I think that's the real value in binge watching. I agree with you, because no matter how you do it, it means that you're, as you said, immersing yourself into the experience. And sometimes that's just a really fun way to go about watching dramas and if you keep your schedule too controlled or, you know, I have to watch this. I have, I can't do something else. I have to do it this way. You're missing a lot of opportunities to watch some really great shows. So, mm. you know what? Loosen up a little, <laughs> embrace your, your inner K-Muse and just be like type A personality. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking as a reformed type A, no, I don't know where reformed? I reformed. Reformed. Somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> you hush. <laughs> because I was that way early on. I was just like, you, you were, know, Mondays you I watch this, Tuesdays I watch this, and now I'm I'm more relaxed about it. You might have had a calendar. <laughs> there was definitely a calendar. <laughs> now and there's for me, just, it's all like that. Even now that I'm more simulcasting kind of person, like I can't plot it that way. So the only way, it, only time I do do something plotted that way is if I'm recapping it for the blog and then I try to keep it within a two day limit, um, just so I can keep current with the recaps. But other than that, it's like, meh, this week I might not have watched our beautiful summer. I'm going to have to watch four episodes next week. You know, Which, I'm pretty, oh darn. I'm pretty easygoing about that all. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I was less easygoing, but again, having fallen into some binge holes, I've gotten better at relaxing on my schedule. So talking about binge holes, <laughs> what is a binge hole? <laughs> okay. So I may have coined the term and I'm not sure, but we talk about a lot of people when they first fall into K-dramas, they talk, call it falling down the rabbit hole, kind of like Alice in Wonderland. You're just falling into this brand new world. And for me, falling into a binge hole is like a side hole on this whole rabbit rabbit hole metaphor. So it's gone a little far. But for me, it's just becoming so immersed in one show that I can't get out of it. Like I have to watch the one show and that's all I want to be. And that's the only experience I want. And so I'll shove other dramas to the side until I'm done. And so I call it a binge hole because I'm stuck in the hole until I'm done with the drama. So it makes it, sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how does that work for you? Well, so I've, I've come to terms with my <laughs> tendency to fall into binge holes because my father is strange ended up being a binge hole because I just couldn't get enough. I, I guess I liked the emotional catharsis I was getting or whatever. We're not going to get too deep in therapy hour here, but that's, I think I was liking that a lot. And so I had to, for me, I had to rearrange some things. Like I got drama geek to take on one of my first impressions posts and 
kind of rearranged my life. And I'm like, okay, I accept the fact that I'm going to get behind on all the other dramas that I'm watching right now until I finish this. Because if there's one thing I love about dramas, there is an end. It's not an American show that tries to stretch out for, you know, a thousand episodes. And so I just, I kind of have to plan around it and just be like, okay, I am in a binge hole. I will get through the binge hole and then I will climb out of it and it'll be fine. (laughs) So I guess that's the type A dealing with the emotionally led side of me. I don't know. Yeah. I just jump in and it's like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of my not type A (laughs) self going overhead, you know, so well, and I think I learned somewhat from, from you just because you, even early on, you'd be like, oh, I just, I'm behind on all this because I got caught up in this. And I was like, wait, you can get caught up in a drama. That's okay. <laughs> so for all you type out A's out there, I see you. And just, let's say just wandering off the beaten path is okay sometimes. It is. It is definitely okay. So there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all. All right. So how many, I don't know. I like to put numbers on things, but what are the best dramas to binge watch? Why don't you start and give us like, I don't know, three, five. How about I'll do one and then you can do one and then I'll do one again. <laughs> and we'll just go till we're done. Yes, that works. Okay. Um, For me again, I don't have any specific thing that makes it a bingeable drama. Like I've binged all kinds of different genres, different styles, um, different, like whether it's a historical or a regular. So my list might be kind of random. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first one I'm going to actually recommend is Scarlet Heart, but not uh, the Korean version. I oh. actually do not really like the Korean version. I like the Chinese version and it's a brilliantly done portrayal at the the plot is somewhat similar, but I believe that culturally it fits into the way the Chinese has their governments and their houses and their concubines and families. I believe the story fits into that structure so much better than the way they do in the Korean version that, and I really dislike the directing in the Korean version. It was all really super close up, big head Mm, pictures mm -hmm. like the whole way through and that (laughs) might have driven me nuts so as hot as some of the characters were I highly recommend giving Scarlet Heart and uh it's called Scarlet Heart was in 2011 and I will admit it takes a couple episodes for you to get used to the styling because this is during the um Qing dynasty where they have the partially shaved heads Uh um, and then the long tailed braids Mm -hmm. in the back so it does take a little while to get used to the styling but after a few episodes you don't even notice and the story just works so much better in the, the Chinese structure and I really wish everyone had watched that one first like I did before watching the Korean and understand how subtly better it is. So I binged that one like incessantly, like crazy binging it. And I loved it to bits. Okay. 
you've almost talked me into it because I've been thinking about Scarlet Heart lately just because it was like, I think it was like the third drama I watched and I loved it. And there was angst and all of that and trying to keep all eight princes straight when you're barely into Korean dramas. (laughs) Holy cow. I had a chart (laughs) and it didn't help. Well, and again, there were all of the um, princes in the Chinese version, Mm -hmm. but in the Chinese um, dynasties, they'd have like 30 plus kids. Like they'd have these massive amount of kids to live on. So there would be someone in the dynasty to leave the throne to. And it was never just like, oh, this kid's the oldest. This is the one that's going to get it. So there's all kinds of political backbiting. There's a lot of details within the concubines and their houses that are power plays. And there's so much more power in the women's characters than we get in the Scarlet Heart Korean version, because just the way the women go about gaining power is so different than Koreans do. And so, again, it just fits better. And so I highly recommend, highly, highly recommend. Okay. When I'm in the mood for a Chinese fantasy or Chinese historical. Well, and it doesn't even feel completely historical because it is kind of like, it's the same where she goes back in time because she Mm -hmm. fell, Ah. you know, and she's injured. So it's still that, but she grows and develops as a character because she ages through it. Oh, so it's not just her. Oh, in this one year period, I'm going through all these men in this. No, she has a very progressive um, interactions with various princes and learns different things and evolves as a woman from a child. And so there's so much more depth to it. So. Okay. Yeah. You're seriously tempting me because as much as I loved it, when I was watching it from the outside now, I'm like, I don't think I could watch the Korean version again. Just the nuances are very different. Mm -hmm. And so those nuances make a big, big difference. Okay. And you said it was a 2011 drama? Yes. I believe it's on Vicky or at least it used to be. Uh, Sometimes it's called Bu Bu Jing Xing. Okay. Um, But it's probably under Scarlet Heart. Okay. Yeah. You're you're seriously tempting me. Do, do it. (laughs) I'll make you rewatch with me when I do it. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, highly, highly, highly recommend. And that's one of like the first huge juggernaut Chinese dramas to actually come onto the international Mm. um, venue. Because before that, they really weren't made for international audiences. And this one was huge. So Okay. So it's kind of their breakthrough drama. I would say yes. Okay. I was going to ask you something else. Oh, production values. Good production values? Uh, pretty good. Like, okay. the costume's gorgeous. I mean, it's not as much money as they throw into things now because the government now really backs so much of Chinese entertainment that you can really get some financing in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely not where it would distract me. Okay. And then just for those of us who were very disappointed with the ending of Scarlet Heart, the Korean version, is the ending of the Chinese version more satisfying? It's more, I feel like it concludes it all much better because again, she ages very differently. So this is 
where Scarlet Heart felt very rushed, this is more like a 15 year period of time. So even, even though things might not be completely different, there's definite reasons um, the way that the king has to act and stuff is very different than how a king would act in a Korean culture. Mm. And so you see a lot of inner workings of what it means to be the king, what it means to be his wife and have concubines and everything within a household. Uh, There's a lot of differences in the, just how they live that makes it more satisfying in my opinion. Okay. So it isn't like, a whole I bunch don't of women feel just like to kill. she was cheated from her happy ever after because she is with the person that she loves for quite a while. Okay. If that makes sense. Yes. So yes. it's not like instantaneous, like we get together and then I'm booted, you know, it's not that <laughs> right. they have a, a whole life together as they go through the story. So, okay. Ah, you're making me want to watch it. Go watch it. Go watch it. I got to finish the current binge. So (laughs) (laughs) kind of grateful that I'm currently in a semi-drama drought because I have time to binge. Okay. So speaking of drama droughts and stuff, one of the things that I've found that I've loved are family dramas. So dramas like My Father is Strange or My Unfamiliar Family or Go Ahead, which is a Chinese family drama. And so I'd have to say those are probably my top three. And if I was recommending my top would be Go Ahead. And it's this Chinese drama that centers around three families. And somehow of these three families, there's three kids, but only two of the dads stick around. It's it's hard to explain. You have to kind of get the opening episodes under your belt to truly understand. But these three kids end up growing up together and kind of like brothers and sister, but not exactly And just watching the dads pull together to help raise these kids and to make sure that everybody is taken care of and that they become good people and then where their lives go after they've grown up a bit. So it goes from the time that the kids, I mean, the timeline technically covers from the time the kids are about seven to the time they're about 27 and they're independent and have their own careers and start pairing off and that kind of thing. And I think one of the reasons that I really loved it and binged it, it was just There were some horrible moms in there. In fact, Drama Geek and I have, I think we've done an entire podcast episode on it. And so I won't bore you with the details of the horrible moms, but suffice it to say that writer was definitely working out some mommy issues, but the dads (laughs) were amazing. And that's what kept me hooked and kept me in is because I love just really pure, good characters and the noodle dad, as we called him, he was just so pure and so good. And you could see the effect that his goodness had on these three kids. One of them was biologically his, and then the two boys were not, but all three of them definitely grew and were better people because of him. And so it was awesome to watch that. And I just, I could not get enough. In fact, when I, I ended up watching the drama twice, once uh, myself and drama geek watched it together. And then I made my two oldest girls. I'm like, you have to watch this drama because it just, it had everything. It had the awesome dad. It had the romance. It had just going through life, just all the coming of age of getting through the high school experience to go on to college and then trying to figure, you know, find your way through college and then finding your way in life after that. And my girls are now 16 and 18. So they kind of, they're in the middle of that. They're in the middle of finding their way through high school and looking at college and things like that. And so it just, it really spoke to me. 
And I think the wide variety of characters, because there are some terrible people in that drama, but there are so, like I said, Noodle Dad is so good. And it's just, it's the whole spectrum. And so I just, I really, really loved it. I could probably, I have gone on and on and on about it. You can find that previous (laughs) podcast elsewhere. (laughs) Okay. Um, Oh, I want to recommend this other one, but I'm not sure. So I might have four. So (laughs) I binge watch stars falling from the sky and it's an older drama. It's from 2010 and it's really just a show about kind of connecting like a found family kind of thing, but in a unusual way. It's about this girl who's super flighty and she doesn't care about money and all she wants to do is flirt with her hot boss. Um, (laughs) And then her parents die and she becomes the sole provider for her five younger siblings. And so she has to uh, kind of suck it all up and become the parental figure for these kids. And she ends up getting a housekeeping job with her hot boss and his brothers. And she thinks, oh, they'll never let me have the kids here. So she sneaks them into her room. And so they're all sharing the house and the brothers don't know it. And so um, it's kind of a cute plot. The first episode is a little slow, but from the time she takes care on the kids and moves in from on, it's really so much fun to watch and watch these bachelors fall in love with these kids and they all kind of become a family And yes, it has its issues because it was in 2010 and they definitely had some issues with tropes and in just the way they dealt with people. That's just going to be part of it, but it's well worth the watch just all the way. I've binged it a couple of times, actually. That is one that I have watched multiple times and that's called Stars Falling from the Sky. So, okay. And Hot guys, hilarious kids, hijinks. <laughs> I kind of like the sound of that too. And I'm very anti-early er- drama just because I've been disappointed too many times. <laughs> so I-, I may start it and then go yell at you. So <laughs> No, and it has a happy ending. It is cute. It- it's not one where you're going to have like lots of making out because again, she's like, she's off of men. She has better things to do. She has to yeah. make sure her family survives. So she's not flirting with guys or anything anymore. She's not the cute flirt that she once was. Gotcha. And so it's really interesting to see her develop as a character, to watch the men develop and get over some trauma that they have and just the family becoming one unit. It's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So I, I would worry about the cringe factor. Um, It's not too bad. It's more like funny rather Mm -hmm. than cringe because one of the brothers gets drunk and then he thinks he's being haunted by kid ghosts. (laughs) And so it's more that kind of humor, not Uh so much like, oh no, he randomly caught the girl in the shower peeing or, you know, weird things like that. It's not that kind of thing. Okay. The haunted by kid ghosts. I'm I'm down with that. That Yes. It's kind of hilarious. And then the brother figures it out and he's the youngest out of the three. And he tries to like hide everything from his older, more obnoxious 
uptight brothers. So it's totally cute. Okay. Now I re- I want to rewatch it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're kind of selling me on it. Stop that. <laughs> so anyway, very good. Good. Okay. So another one that I would recommend binging is actually the King Eternal Monarch. And I ended up watching this one twice. And the reason I recommend binging it is because it's so, there's a lot of details to take in. It's kind of a, not a, yes, a complicated plot and layered. There's just, there's a lot going on. And the first time through, I kind of got the gist of it. And if I'd watched it back to back instead of just once a week, like we did, because, you know, we had to. I think I would have retained more of the details and done a better job of understanding it. And so watching it the second time with my girls, I was like, oh, that's why, you know, things started making more sense. And especially I had a, a hard time connecting to Kim Goen's character the first time around, the female lead who's the detective. But the mm-hmm. second time around, I did. So I think this makes for a perfect binge watch because if you get it back to back, and you you know the the story is connected instead of broken up by time, and you keep I if I had kept track of the details better, I think it would have been a better experience for me the first time around. Okay, so <laughs> I have three more, but it's a short <laughs> podcast, so I can do what I want. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> so the first is one that if you can find it, awesome. But it's hard to find right now for some reason. I recently re uh, recapped this with a different podcast or a blog, and it was like an hour or a year long project where we would do an episode every couple of months. And it's a um, Tyler Corn called Cubic that came out in 2014. And let me set the mood. I was a poor, sick soul and I needed something pointless to watch. And I was going through a LaCorn phase. And so I pushed play on this and oh my gosh, it was absolute crack. It's so bad (laughs) that it was good. It's all about this girl who her father ditches her with his loan sharks um, as collateral because he doesn't want to give up his pretty daughter. So he sends out the smart younger daughter. Oh, good heavens. So she ends up being like working off this debt and going to school in, uh, I believe it's Thailand. And What's hilarious is like this loan shark mafioso is her principal to her school and walks through and there's guns and there's like (laughs) um, fangirl groups. And then he starts falling for her and she's like his right hand man who like does all the plotting and stuff. It was horrible. It was so bad, (laughs) but I could not stop watching. And I know it's not just me because there's a lot of other people out there who also binge this sucker and it's just oh my goodness it's it's an experience so if you ever find the show cubic with subs watch it (laughs) because it's something you just gotta watch there's no way to describe how crazy this is so coming from the same person who tried to talk us all into watching mouse because of the the (laughs) the thing i shall not mention because it's a spoiler but still it's kind of ridiculous so 
But in Mouse, you didn't have a student dating dash being a right-hand man for your gangster principal dash boss dash future boyfriend either. There are so many lines being crossed there. <laughs> so many. Yeah. But Lacorns are pretty clean, so I don't think they even ever kiss. It's kind of like a staring adoringly at each other kind of thing. Ah, so bored. yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. There's lots of shooting. There's lots of stupidity. It's a it's an event. <laughs> Sounds like it. Oh my heck. I don't know if I could do. Yeah. I, I've tried to branch out into others and other countries. Like I've taken on a couple of Taiwanese dramas. Yeah. But no, I can't... Thailand dramas are completely different. Okay. It's a completely different vibe. Try watching when you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, seeing as my main goal right now and going out is not getting sick. So then it'll be like a fever brain kind of experience. <laughs> Slightly hallucinogenic. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. Okay. So my next one is called Watcher and it's got um, Sao Kong Jun in it. And he's a rookie detective who gets put into the police force and then he ends up being kind of on this secret in internal affairs team. But the reason it's called Watchers is because of the, I can't remember who said it, the, the phrase, who watches the watchmen. And essentially his job is to watch the people in his department as they watch the other detectives in the force. And then there's a whole tangled, complicated thing with his dad's murder and who actually killed him. And it's a question of who has moral authority? I mean, it was just, it was really intense and psychological, but at the same time, really pretty because Kong Sao Jun. And it was, there was a lot of layers and a lot of things that it's one of those where they use flashbacks to kind of peel back the layers. So you see what really happened as the drama went on and binging it was probably the best thing I could have done just because again, there were so many things to keep track of because with every flashback, something new was revealed. And I just, I really, really enjoyed that one. And I was glad that I binged it because I don't think I would have understood it otherwise. Well, for my next one, it's actually one where I started the first few episodes and then I just got way behind. So I ended up binging to complete it. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like a binge that I purposely started. It was more, well, I need to get the show done. So I'm going to just binge it through and get it over with. But I'm so glad I did because it was such a great binge. And that is the drama Train from 2020. And Ooh. it has Yoon Shi Yoon. Yeah. And it's kind of, in my opinion, it's by far one of the best multiverse um, dramas that has come out. There's been a lot that have kind of been like time traveling or multi-universes and all that. But I think this is definitely one of the ones that has used the trope the best. Mm -hmm. And I even really dislike the leading lady actress <laughs> and I still love this drama. So that tells you how much I like this drama because just her habits and facial expressions really annoy me. Oh. So if I can watch this and love it, <laughs> even with an actress that annoys the crap out of me, it must be good. So, okay. But yeah, was so it's like, and he has to kind of like someone's dumping 
copycat bodies into his universe from a different universe and getting rid of the evidence of a serial killer that way. Oh. And so he accidentally um, ends up in the other universe via a universe switching train kind of thing. It's weird. Uh I know. But hence, does it go through a tunnel? I don't remember if it goes through the tunnel or if it just. Yeah. So anyway, there's multiple versions of him and the girl and all of his coworkers and stuff. And their lives are slightly different because they took a different turn at one point where the other version took a different turn and their lives separated. And so there's differences in their life experiences and where they are now and how, and that on top of a really good murder mystery. So that sounds interesting. Kind of yes. reminds me of that uh, Gwyneth Paltrow movie from way back, uh, Sliding Doors. Yeah. If you add in serial killers and hot Yun <laughs> Shiyun action, yes. So. <laughs> so more interesting than Sliding Doors then. I liked it better than Sliding Doors personally. I remember I, your enthusiasm. I'm pro serial killer and drama geek recently binged it and she really liked it. That so is it's not something. just me. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, like I said, I'm kind of in a drama drought and yeah. Basically, you're tempting me with all of these, and it's not very kind of you because there are dramas coming that I plan. Well, and to it's watch. only twelve episodes, so it's oh. a very fast watch. Yeah, so. very easy peasy. Yes. Do you have another, or should I go for my last one? I will do one more. Okay. And uh, I'll probably make it a double header, just because I'm not a robot and still seventeen or thirty, but seventeen. Both of those are sweet and fluffy rom coms. But they're so, how do I put this? They're not cringy. They don't rely on secondhand embarrassment. They don't rely on stupid stuff. And so it's easy to watch it and just fall in love with the characters. And so they work as a binge. And just when you need something that just kind of is uplifting and wonderful, because let me tell you, Watcher, not uplifting. It was very heavy. So (laughs) when you need something to balance out, (laughs) those are are my go-tos for when I need just something to make me feel better. Okay. For my last one. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't gotten really any bingy or fluffy ones, but this one's a really awesome weekend drama that happened. Uh, what year did it come out in 2014 and it's called come Jing Vori and it's about a long lost daughter reunited with her parents after 20 years. But in a complicated twist, a young woman from a wealthy family goes missing and is raised by a foster mom instead of her parents. Meanwhile, her wealthy family adopts a girl to overcome the loss of their daughter. And then these two find out their real families and there's just like absolute chaos and backbiting (laughs) and they have to take over the company and there's romance and it has Yu Ri as the villain and she is epic in this role. She like eats up her scenes and you just got to love how much of a narcissist she is in this character. <laughs> and just, you see her start believing her own lies and it's just like, holy crap, she's crazy. And so it makes <laughs> it so much fun to watch. So I highly recommend if you want to watch a family, um, Makjong weekend drama come Jongbo Reef. So, and you can find that on Vicky and Kokoa. Yeah, that one you didn't sell on me. 
sell me on. <laughs> you said but narcissist so and I said, nope. <laughs> no, the bad guy is the other girl's really nice and awesome. And she knows how to do handbox and all that. Like, it's like a family dynasty of handbox sewers kind of thing. And who's going to take it over and all that kind of stuff. And, oh, it's crazy. It's crazy <laughs> pants. I love it. It's awesome. But anyway, that's a fun binge because sometimes Mokjong just makes the best binge dramas. If you really want to just like sink into the nuts. Into the crazy train. Yeah. yeah. Didn't we end up, did we binge? No, we watched Last Empress as it was airing. Yeah. This is very much kind of different level of, of power crazy, but it, it has some Last Empress vibes. Mm-hmm. So, okay. but more like classic Mokjong rather than modern Mokjong. Okay. Okay. I had to score that in my head. Okay. So I do have to say there is one drama and I'm sure there are others out there, but there's one drama that I would not binge and maybe you have one too, but move to heaven. I tried to binge that. And like, I was depressed because everything was so heavy. I mean, I love that drama. Don't get me wrong. It's an excellent drama. I had to take it an episode at a time. Um, I think there are definite shows like that. I think for me, one that's recently that I've watched was the hospital playlist. It definitely wasn't a drama I could binge as much as I love all those characters. There's just a lot of emotional angst in a lot of the episodes, just through the people that they have to cure at the hospital or that they don't cure and they lose them. You know, mm-hmm. just, it's not a show that you can binge easily and oh, they're no. really long episodes yeah, so they are. to binge two episodes. It's like three hours. So it just is really hard to get motivated to binge that much. That's so. true. In fact, my daughter and I, when I was rewatching the first season of hospital playlist, I watched it with her and we would watch it in like 10 minutes chunks while we were waiting for her sister to get ready for school. Mm-hmm. And that was perfect because we'd get a little bit of angst and then some laughter and then we'd go. So, yeah. But it's a lot if you're doing it all in a big run. Like I wouldn't be able to watch it 20 hours straight. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. All right. Do you think we've covered everything? I think so. I mean, I could continue giving recommendations, (laughs) but eventually we have to save stuff for other drama podcasts. So (laughs) I suppose we do. I mean, yeah, because I just thought of another Chinese family drama. (laughs) Just like, hey. Everybody should watch When We Were Young. Actually, that one, it was set in 2000, but it was giving me very strong 90s vibes. Again, kind of like the Reply series. I love the Reply series for that. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm like, everybody should watch this and this. But <laughs> yes, there, are reason we, there is a reason why we call you K-Muse. You are a muse for K-dramas. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We would love to hear what you thought about this episode and what your favorite dramas to binge watch are. You can reach us on Twitter, on Facebook, or through our Patreon page. The links are in our show notes. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say, and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing.